Hey there, podcast explorers. Welcome to Pit Chat, the podcast where we gather around, toss in some hot topics, and let the flames of conversation burn bright. I'm Michelle. And I'm Wayne. And together, we're your hosts on this journey through the sizzling landscape of current events, sprinkled with a dash of mystery, a pinch of the unexplained, and a whole lot of fun. That's right, Michelle. We're not just here to talk about the everyday stuff. We're diving deep into the realms of the unknown, exploring UFO sightings, unraveling paranormal mysteries, and maybe even roasting a marshmallow or two along the way. So whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join us as we stoke the flames of curiosity and bring you the hottest takes on the coolest conspiracies. It's like sitting around a fire pit with your friends, but with a bit of extraterrestrial excitement. Each episode, we'll be serving up a blend of the latest headlines, intriguing stories, and a touch of the supernatural, from politics to pop culture, and from ghost to government secrets. We've got it all covered. And hey, if you've ever looked up at the night sky and wondered what's out there, or if you've ever felt a chill down your spine in a supposedly haunted place, you're in the right spot. So, grab a seat cozy up by the fire and let's spark some conversation this is pit chat where the ordinary meets the extraordinary get ready for a wild ride down the rabbit hole on an escalator all right we are live hello everybody for a very interesting show tonight and an exciting time here in detroit as the Lions are taking on the 49ers for a spot in the Super Bowl. This is huge for Detroit. And uh, right now, about a minute left in the second quarter. And right. we're looking at 21 to 7, Lions in the lead. Go, Detroit. Wow. Wow. This is amazing because this has never happened. So we need to just say quick hellos to people in the chat. Hello, Tabin. Hello, Kelly. Hello, Diane, the boss. Uh, we've got some other people in there. Um, welcome Linda Sumini. I have Ah. first time I've seen that name. Yeah. Welcome Linda. So thank you for joining us or Linda Sue. And you are, you are so right that I'm always here in spirit and voice, obviously. Yes. Just not on camera tonight. (laughs) Right. Michelle is working the back over here and we got the, the, the clicking away on the laptop as she keeps an eye on chat and, moderates everything and, and i'm not going to lie i'm stalking the football score yeah she's also Lions doing that San as, Fran. Yeah, also doing that as well so yeah big big times but michelle is here and uh man it's gonna be a busy night so tonight's gonna be a very interesting night we have joining us again tonight uh mr x and we don't know much about mr x we had him on the show about a year ago and Mr. X had a crazy experience with a triangle. Um, and you can catch that episode. Just look up black triangles with Mr. X and you will find our previous episode with him to get all the background. He's going to do something a little different for us tonight. And he's put together a presentation that kind of kind of shows us what has happened with him and will lead us through 
his, I don't want to say awakening, but things that have been turned on to him and awakened in his mind, I guess we can say. So, um, it's going to be a very interesting ride and I'm not going to talk very much through his presentation. I want to give him all the opportunity to show us everything that he put together. Um, and it, it's, it's going to be awesome. And just uh, real quick, uh, we are closing in on our three year anniversary of doing the podcast. Um, and with that anniversary episode, which will be on February 25th, we have the amazing Stephen Bassett coming back and coming on the show to talk about the importance of UAP hearings in 2024. So that should be really, really interesting to have him on. Ooh, so I don't know, Michelle, are you ready to get this going? Um, I am very much so. And I just, we just figured out in chat, Linda Sumini is Guy Merritt's wife. Oh, okay. So she's manning the computer while he's <laughs> watching the Lions game. And well, she can she can feed us uh, uh, data as well about the the Lions. So, um, as she said, he is watching the game with great hysteria. Yeah, this is this is crazy. So, yeah, much, a lot of things going on tonight, and this this is huge for us here in Detroit and in Michigan. Uh, Lions in the playoffs for the Super Bowl. I mean, I think it's, I don't think it's ever happened or it's been like a crazy 40 before there was even a Super Bowl. Fourth so, was the highest that they ever took in ranking. Yeah. So, yep. and that was long. It, it was before Super Bowls had started. Yep. All right. So just real quick before I bring Mr. X on and he can begin telling everybody how, uh, how his life has been recently, which will blow everybody's mind. Um, don't forget, Super Chats are now open if you want to help support the show. Super Chats, you can do PayPal donations. All that information is down in the show notes or the show description below. Um, you can also join the pit crew. Come and join us. We have a low monthly fee to join us. It, it's not a big deal, but as always... The best thing you can do for our show and the podcast is like, share, and subscribe right there. And don't forget to leave a comment on the show that, you know, that helps us a lot and helps with the algorithm. All right. So with all that nonsense out of the way, let's get on to this. All right. So coming to us from across the pond in the UK, and that's about all we really know is the one and only. Mr. X. Mr. X, how are you? Hello. Can you hear me okay? We can hear you fine. Sounds great. How are you doing tonight, sir? Not too bad, thank you. Not too bad. Whew. I know it's late over there, and mm. we want to wanted to get you on and get you going as, as quickly as possible. Anything you want to say before you begin? Yeah, my camera's on, so it looks really weird because it's just a black screen. <laughs> 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 yes he, he is protecting his identity so yeah diane says welcome to the show thank you i'll All try right. and uh, slow down because like this stuff's a bit a bit crazy so I, I get a bit carried away but i'll try and slow down but if at any point i do start talking too fast feel free to butt in and slow me down mate 
Yeah, for sure. Um, and I'm going to try not to interrupt you much at all. Okay. Um, I know you've been practicing your presentation, so mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of sit back and let you do your thing. So I'm going to turn off our banner. Okay. And add your slideshow. Thank you. So now everybody who's listening in podcast land, if you want to see the images and if you get confused about what is being shown, make sure come over to YouTube Yep. and watch this presentation later on. It'll be up there and you know, it's, it's always going to be available. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we're ready to go. So Mr. X, why don't you go ahead and take it away? Okay, cool. So hello everyone. I hope you're all well. Um, it's my second time on the show. Um, if you, like Wayne said, aren't familiar with my story, please check out a previous podcast. I will recap on the experience briefly in a bit, but, um, yeah, please check out the previous show because we're going to gloss over it somewhat. So this is called From Black Triangles to the Interconnected. Um, I'm going to start now. So I'll start with a few quotes. And there's a quote by Alan Moore, who was a gentleman who created V for Vendetta. Um, it's a comic book, which is got then turned into a film. And the mask itself was adopted by various movements around the world for people wishing to remain anonymous whilst at the same time standing up against corruption and stuff like that. But this, this quote basically says, behind the mask, there is more than just flesh. Beneath this mask, there is an idea, and ideas are bulletproof. And that's all I'm presenting here are some ideas, some perceptions I've had. I won't say what I believe, because I don't truly know what I believe. My reality tunnel's always shifting with new experiences and new knowledge. But here are some ideas I'm presenting of what I've perceived and gone through and witnessed. And it's up to you what you make of them. Another quote by Isaac Asimov is, education isn't something you can finish. The reason I put this is because basically, if you think you know everything there is to know, you're deluding yourself, to be quite honest with you, because like reality or whatever we discern as reality is so multifaceted. And um, if we get stuck in our perceptions and stuck in our reality tunnel, we're sometimes stunting our growth and evolution. Another quote by uh, Noam Chomsky is, the smart way to keep people passive and obedient is to strictly limit the spectrum of acceptable opinion, but allow the very lively debate within that spectrum, even encourage the more critical and dissident views. That gives people the sense that that there's free thinking going on, while at the same time the presuppositions of the system are being reinforced by limits put on the range of debate. And the reason I put that is because so many of our, so say, discussions and what's acceptable and what's not acceptable things we say and things we think are framed for us they're set out by institutions whether it be the media or religious institutions or government or so on and what we can discuss and debate and even in the ufo and conspiracy field this is still true as well like you can't mention certain subjects about being labeled a certain way or a certain certain perception of others and i'm going to present some stuff here which may seem really far out and not really in accordance with a lot of people's reality tunnel but i'm going to present it nonetheless so if you listen to my um, previous podcast, you'll remember about my experience with the Black Triangle. And um, I, this image is really important to me because I didn't see it until many, 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 many years after the Black Tri- Triangle incident took place in 1997 when I was just turned 18. But the night in which it happened, 
um, I witnessed this experience. So I was basically listening to music led down and um, I witnessed this whole transition of seeing my body surrounded by light and light coursing through my body and um, then turning into what I thought at the time was like an energetic water fountain. I didn't understand the principles of energy and stuff like that back then in terms of chi energy, pranic energy, whatever you want to call it. I just used to listen to music, you know, really concentrate, go the flow, following the feelings and visuals I was seeing and um, and enjoy it. And in this instance, I turned into this luminous, luminous, well, I thought it was like a water fountain because the energy sort of came from my chest, went up out of my chest, then cascaded all around me from around my body, fell down to my feet, then arced back up underneath my feet and went back into my body and created a continuous energy loop like it was recycling itself. And this is what's known as a torus, which I only become aware of a few years ago. And here's a mathematical model of a torus. And basically, for those who are listening and not watching, try to imagine a donut, a ring donut, but imagine it as like energy, where from the center, the energy is going up, arcing over the top, going down the side and arcing up underneath, creating a torus field. The torus field is believed to um, resonate past and through the human body. It's um, believed that the heart generates one and there's numerous ones running throughout the body. Um, it's understandable or understood as a magnetic field which the heart generates. And this torus field has been seen through different faiths. Some call it just the aura. Um, different belief systems have sort of adopted perceptions of it, different wisdom schools. And um, it's believed that the energy of the universe, consciousness, God, call it what you will, and the energy of the earth itself is basically in part responsible for generation of it. If you're still a bit, um, you know, clueless to what I mean, the easiest way to understand what a Taurus field is, is I'm sure most of you have been to school um, and learned of the Earth's magnetic field. So the Earth's magnetic field is generally a Taurus. That's how it works. It's a magnetic field which permeates around the Earth, but it's creating like a Taurus field as well. Now, the Taurus is found or believed to be found all throughout nature, uh, along with another thing called the golden ratio, which is basically a mathematical principle which exists all throughout nature. And if you try to imagine a tree, for example, how it grows in a Taurus field, you've got the trunk shooting up, the branches spreading out, up in all, all directions, then the leaves fall off the tree, falling back down to the side of the tree, then the roots going down deep into the earth, and then obviously the leaves settle on the earth, nourish the tree's roots and basically go back through the tree again that's a torus torus principle if you look at an apple the way an apple grows many plants and seeds you'll notice there's like toral structure and how they grow where they dip in at the top and dip it at the bottom and it's believed that the torus field mag um, surrounds fruits galaxies the planet and even people so again some images of the torus field um a slight few, few from the side and above a view from the front looking at a human being and also a bird's eye view now if you look at a bird's eye view of a torus field not only is it a very um attractive pattern but it's also um looks very similar to a sunflower seed and basically these mathematical principles what i'm trying to get at are all throughout nature let's take a zip of water Now, a torus field is believed to, be, like I said, be around the human body. And it's believed that the stronger a person's heart is and connection. And what I mean by heart, I don't mean just the physical heart, which pumps blood. But many people believe that there's an energetic heart, um, an energetic center in the heart, which links us to the divine, links us to creation, links us to source. And um, those who are more connected with that have a stronger, bigger torus field. And it can shrink through fear. It can shrink through fear and negativity, basically. Um, 
those who work on compassion, gratitude, forgiveness, and things like that, some of the Buddhist masters, Taoist masters, even people in Christianity in various faiths, or just generally nice people who don't have to have a faith to adopt to, you may find have a strong Taurus field, and you may find that it's just easy to be around them, relaxing to be around them, calm to be around them. They're generally people who are um, generating a strong Taurus. And again, a way to do that is through introspection, through meditation, through um, compassion, through self, you know, love and guide, self-acceptance. Now, for those who can't see the screen, I'm going to try and explain this. And for those of you who can, that's great as well. You can see what I'm talking about. If you look in the center bottom right of this image, you see a one one. So if you take a one centimeter square and then line another one centimeter square beside it, you've now got a rectangle, a rectangle with two centimeters on one side and one centimeter on the other. And you take a two centimeter square and add it to the one and one centimeter square and you extend the rectangle you keep following this mathematical principle and you get this thing here which is called the golden ratio which is a series of intergrowing continually growing rectangles increased by the squares of the longest side of the previous square but um if you look you follow the line you track a line throughout this um mathematical pattern and you get this shout this um spiral which is known as a golden spiral and it can be found all throughout nature it grows how plants grow and in this example on the figure it's shown a nautilus shell now the nautilus shell grows in the golden ratio now the golden ratio like i said can be found all throughout nature and it's been studied by various very wise people currently and throughout our history it can be found in the way spiral galaxies um, form. And this is called The Virtuvian Man, I believe, by Leonardo da Vinci. He was one such person who studied sacred geometry to a degree. And um, the man was extremely clued up and um, very, very wise, as well as being an exceptional artist for his time. And um, for those of you who are not watching, The Virtuvian Man is the da Vinci picture where it shows a man in a square and with a circle with four arms and four legs. Now the golden ratio, please look into this yourself because it may seem a bit complicated to look at this image, but the golden ratio in mathematics is found all throughout the human body. For example, the way your bones grow in accordance to one another, the way your limbs grow into accordance to another, the whole ratios of our body is in fact mathematical principles. And the golden ratio and the golden um, spiral can be found all throughout the structure of the human face. It's like we're perfectly, well, not perfectly, but we're designed to mathematical and um, sacred geometry principles. Now, da Vinci did study um, geometry. He studied particularly a subject which we call today sacred geometry. And if you look at this image, you'll see what looks like a flower in a hexagon and um, a circle. You know, nothing special about it. It is a pretty pattern, but there's actually far more to this image than meets the eye. And we can see here, like, this flower of life, a further extension of the geometry of that pattern, which I've just shown. Now, it's interesting here. If you look at how you develop the flower of life, you take a circle, then two circles, and create a thing called the Vesica Pisces, I believe it's called, in the middle. You keep taking the circles until you get this thing called the seed of life. And it's really interesting to notice that the growth of this geometry is also the growth of cells within the womb of all living beings. Sacred geometry, the golden ratio, can be found in how all things like plants grow, for example. Even the way the leaves and stem grow is to a mathematical pattern and not just basic random chance. 
Now, the flower of life has been found throughout cultures all throughout our history uh, and civilization, going to places like Iraq in 645 BC, to Egypt, Jerusalem. This flower of life has been adopted and studied by various different people, and it's not just a pretty pattern, there's more to it. Here you can see a Chinese statue of um, one of the dogs or lions guarding this um, flower of life on a sphere. So what is it exactly? So apart from being a pretty pattern, if you then extend the flower of life and look at it in a different manner, you've got circles, you've got flowers, but you, it, the circles represent a female energy. Circles and curves represent female energy in these principles, and straight lines represent male energy. If you take the circles and start lining points up within the geometry of straight lines, you get something called Metatron's cube, which is another interesting looking pattern. But it's um, a lot more geometric and um, mathematical seeming than the flower of life. The interesting thing is, is if you look at the flower of life and Metatron's cube, you actually find a whole bunch of hidden geometry amongst it. And some of that geometry is the um, platonic solids of the hexadron, the octahedron, the dodecahedron, and another one called the star tetradon, which is understood as some as the star of David. It's also understood as a subject called the Merkabah. Now, just real quick, I want to interrupt you for one moment. Mm -hmm. the The image that he was just showing with the platonic solids that is very interesting because, as somebody who studied geology and mineralogy, one of the things that we had to study was the atomic um, and molecular structure of different minerals. And these, and, and we're taught in science class and the way scientists believe that minerals are all arranged with those atoms is kind of what you see here. These shapes like the octahedron, the tetrahedron, which is a three-sided, uh, triangle. Okay. Mm. Um, the dodecahedron, all of these platonic solids turn into atomic arrangements which dictate how minerals well, yeah. are formed. And it's very, very interesting that this stuff was thought of thousands of years ago. And it just, to me, it just shows more evidence that we came from a much advanced time way before we were much more advanced and we're just rediscovering all of this stuff yet mm -hmm. again. Yeah. So it's uh and we can talk more about that later, but I just wanted to point that out to everybody. Cause I will show some pictures here in a few moments. Um, well, when Mr. X is finished uh, about exactly what I'm talking about, how these things lay out in sheets. So all right, Mr. X, sorry for that. Let's no, go no, ahead. Thank you very much. That was brilliant. Thank you. So here we have the flower of life um, and the Merkabah, the image of the Merkabah. Why am I focused on this so much? Now, the Merkabah, I may be getting this wrong to some experts who, know, who may, may listen to this, but it represents the masculine energy, energy and the female energy in perfect union, perfect balance. It also represents the energy of earth and the energy of heaven one going up, one coming down in perfect union. Um, it's also believed that 
the Star of David or a two-dimensional depiction of the Merkabah. If you look at the image, and for those of you who aren't looking at the image, try and find or actually come to the podcast and watch it on YouTube. But the Hebrew alphabet is actually encrypted in the um, Star of David, the Merkabah illustration. So I'll leave that there for a moment whilst I have a glass of water just so people can actually look at that because it's pretty peculiar. Yeah, and so while you're taking that drink, just so that people <laughs> don't think uh, we planned much of this, um, the only thing that we planned was Mr. X coming on to talk about some of his discoveries and things that he's been kind of awakened to. But last week we had on Dr. Chris Malkin or uh, Macklin, and we talked about AI, transhumanism, the effects of UFOs on his uh, humanity. And one of the things that he brought up was this uh, Merkabah uh, symbology. And when Mr. X and I started talking, it was like, we did not know that this, that Dr. Macklin was going to talk about this thing as well. So there's something in the universe that seems yeah. to be, making this happen and again these synchronicities and strange things begin to line up and resonate as you know we the universe moves through these universal truths and as things get awakened to us so it, it's just really really interesting and bizarre it, interesting. it really is yeah. and that's, that's been the whole story is that for me like if you listen to a previous podcast after my ufo experience i went to the doctors for help because i was absolutely delirious and um, the first thing I labelled with was schizophrenia. And it's been really weird experience. It's been a really weird life. But synchronicity or coincidence has been a massive driving factor for me, a massive driving factor. So much so that um, throughout my life, it's like I've been living in a hologram of sorts. It's like sometimes it's got so surreal. But we'll come to that a bit later on a bit. So here we have an image of a Merkabah triangle spinning clockwise and counterclockwise or te tetra uh, tetrahedron sorry it's also got an image of a person in the middle it's showing a male and female energy like i said people believe that these energy fields not just the torus what resonates around us but once someone activates their torus to a high degree they can actually activate what's believed to be their mercabic field around them and again we've got a picture of a mercabar inside a sphere, inside a circle, uh, in the back of the Vitruvian man. And you notice that um, the top point and bottom point of the tetradon, tetrahedron sorry, um, touch the north and south of the sphere. But if you look, the points sticking out from the sides also touch at 19.47 degrees on the sphere. And it's worth noting that at 19.47 degrees, I believe from what I've studied, on Earth, both north and south, there's either great volcanoes or energy disturbances on the planet. At 19.47 degrees. Um, also, I think on this um, planet of Jupiter, the red spot is at south 19.47 degrees. On Mars, one of its large volcanoes is at 19.47 degrees. So it's almost like there's some energetic shift or disturbance or input output point on the planets at 19.47 degrees as if they've got these macabres inside them. And I'm not saying it's a physical structure. I, I don't even know what it means, to be quite honest with you. But another interesting point is that 1947 was the year of the Roswell incident. And many people believe that that's where we got our technology from. Once we started developing back engineering technology was from the Roswell incident. Some people believe even further that it wasn't a crash. It was actually a, 
it was purposefully done to speed up revolution one way or another. I can't comment on these subjects. I don't know enough about them, and it's all speculation anyway. But it's interesting to see that the again synchronicity of 1947, the UFO Roswell crush. You know, it's just interesting. All right, so uh, Mr. X, go back to that for a second because sure, this is gonna this is gonna mess with your mind a little bit. So okay. when I woke up. <laughs> <laughs> When I woke up this morning, I was thinking about this image, which is really bizarre, To, but I had this image in my head right here. Now that I look at this again, we're, we're looking at a Merkaba from, you could say, uh, an apex, and that apex is centered over the Vitruvian man, and it's mm-hmm. put into... It's put into uh, scale. So we're looking, you, you could say we're looking down on a man in the circle, laying down with his arms spread open. And as we look down at that point, that mm-hmm. apex of the Merkaba, mm-hmm. the body region that that point is located is exactly at the center of gravity of a human. I just noticed that. And that is the navel. Yes, and that's really interesting because, like you, what you were saying, which about the Egyptians and their subject of the navel. Correct. So Very Egyptians had a had an ancient canon that they drew or they they did all their sculptures to, and it was based on the eighteen the canon of proportions, and it was breaking down the human body into eighteen equal sections, and at the navel, all the all the statues had the navel at exactly the 11th point from. So down at the bottom of the feet is zero all the way to the crown of the forehead right here was 18 at 11 is the navel. And that's also exactly where on the great pyramid of Giza, you find the entrance into the great power of Giza or the great uh, pyramid of Giza, which is very fascinating. So, if the great pyramid, like some people are saying is a model of the Northern hemisphere, then the Merkaba must be a model of humans, that this is a planet of humans. And this might be the symbology that explains humans being on this planet. I don't know. I'm reaching. Well, but, it's interesting speculation. It's healthy to yeah. speculations because um, I, I I didn't even notice that until when you started speaking, I saw that it's centered on the navel, and we'll come to it later. But the navel is so super important in so many beliefs, yes, especially the Taoist one as well. Yep. And the reason I'm I'm I've always been interested in in the navel in the center of gravity was years and years and years and years of Japanese martial arts. Yeah, exactly. and it was always about taking somebody's balance and if you yep. can take somebody's balance to throw them you use that center of gravity focus point right at that navel and you either want to be above it or you want to get below it to be able to throw somebody on the ground yeah so really, really good observation mate yeah okay back to you <laughs> so thank you for um saying that it's great it adds to it all it just grows upon it so thank you well, I hope that's what your presentation is going to do. This is going to wake up some people, and I think they're going to see this. They're going to hear it. They're going to want to see it. 
and see what it triggers for them. And it, they're going to be like, ah, oh, that makes sense. Or I never realized that. Does this mean this now? So okay. I think this is, I think this is what this is supposed to happen. So and what's interesting in this object, image is the geometry again of the gentleman meditating it seems like it's coming from his navel which is a dantian and Taoist Taoist um belief systems so anyway moving on so yeah the flower of life the marbacur and merkaba and the light vehicle so basically here's an illustration and it's showing a merkaba the pyramids and a gentleman meditating with his torus field or energy field and energy field generating around him um Basically, some people sincerely believe that once a being, not just human beings, but a being, because this geometry is meant to go throughout the universe and dimensions and so on, but once a being activates their Taurus and Merkaba, they can actually use that vessel to travel throughout time and time and um, dimensions and space. So we'll come back to that a bit later, but that's where I was going with this presentation. And that's the perception I've sort of come across through my studies and um, experiences. Now, remember the golden spiral I showed you earlier, the golden mean and the torus field. And this is where it starts getting really strange. If you um, take a golden spiral and you put it in a torus field, a mathematical model, you get this strange pattern with it looping around, like the torus field looping the golden spiral around. But apparently there's a gentleman called Dan Daniel Winter, I think it is, Dan Winter. So Google him, look into his stuff with sacred geometry and torus fields and toroidal fields. And I don't know if any of you can actually see this in the center. Once you start freeze framing the moving torus field with the golden spiral in it, you start getting all the letters and numbers of the alphabets. So basically, um, this torus field is like hiding the actual structure of the very words, very similar to how the Star of David was hiding the um, Jewish language. It's like there's some sacred roots to the actual language, some of the languages and the uh, alphabets in which we use. So again, Dan Winter's work with Taurus and sacred geometry. Another subject I come across, which I don't understand all too well, but some people believe that sound waves are waves going forward from this point of impact, but other people believe that sound is actually spherical. S sound waves go out in all directions, and people believe that that is toroidal in nature as well. And the vowel sounds as well. A-E-I-O-U are supposed to have a resonant frequency to them, a vibratory frequency frequency to them. Uh, that's the work of Michael Tellinger, I believe. And it also makes sense to why so many um, cultures, and especially the, the Buddhist and the Hindus, like chant when they um, like go om and stuff like that. They're actually generating a vibrationary field around them through their voice. Um, another subject to look into. But what I'm trying to get to the point here is that creation is mathematical. Creation is vibrational. Creation is geometric. Um, it's a lot more to reality than meets the eye. And as we got to the subject of sound and vibration, and there's a subject some of you are probably aware of and some of us aren't called cymatics. And cymatics is where you take an object like a plate, a, a steel plate, and you put um, a material on it, whether it be cornstarch or sand. And most commonly it's done today with um, a disc with water in it. And you vibrate the disc with frequencies, with sound waves, and then you emit light upon the um, your patterns of the water. And through resonating certain frequencies, you get geometric and beautiful patterns coming through the um, plate. Here, if you look in the top right corner, you can actually see the star Merkaba, and almost like an atomic looking picture where sound is vibrating through the um, water 
of a cymatic field. Some of these are done electronically, some of these are done, um, like I said, with water and cornstarch. So look it up, cymatics, if you're not aware of it, it's a fascinating subject. And again, it leads towards this resonance, this resonance of creation, this resonance of vibration within reality beyond just, you know, our common understanding of physics so far. Now, a gentleman called uh, Masuro Emoto, who's now deceased, wrote a book called The Hidden Messages in Water. And I'm um, trying to keep it simple. He froze water he got from a spring in Japan, from the, the source of the spring, and took various forms of water as it traveled down from the spring through the river to the main city. And what he found is that the water, obviously, naturally, that um, has it passed through certain towns and got to the city, got more and more polluted as it went from the original source. What they found by accident, I believe, is that when they froze the spring water, it made beautiful, beautiful crystalline snowflake type structures. But the more polluted the water got as it went through the towns and villages, the less um, beautiful the crystalline structures were of the um, frozen snowflakes when, they, when they'd done the experiment. Masuro Emoto believed that it wasn't just pollution what was causing this, but energetic pollution, like the very energy of people, the very thoughts and intentions and, and, and stuff like that. So what he'd done is he got various water vials and distilled the water. He distilled the water, and when he froze the distilled water, it didn't make very pretty um, crystalline structures, but it made sort of hexagonal ones, like the geometry we were looking at earlier in one of the um, slides. But when they added the words compassion, or thank you, or wisdom, to the vials of water, then froze the water after leaving it for some time, the snowflakes or the crystalline structure of the water become extremely beautiful. When they played Mozart's Sympathy, uh, Symphony, imagined by John Lennon, the word love, peace, and thank you. Again, the water would create beautiful, the ice crystal would create beautiful um, structures. When heavy, heavy metal music was played to the water, or words like you fall, I kill you, and so on, the water come out very deformed, the crystals come out very deformed and unpleasant to the eye. Now, another experiment everyone can do at home is take, um, I haven't done it myself, but I've seen numerous people do it on the internet. And obviously there's many people who say it's nonsense, the scientific field say it's nonsense, but so be it. You can test this out for yourself and see if it's nonsense or not. But um, people around Japan, after learning of this work, took two jars of rice and they put the word love on one and hate on the other. Now they cook the rice because rice is largely water once it's cooked and human beings are largely water as well and plants are largely water. Um, and the word, the one jar of love on it and one jar of hate on it you, you would put one in one cupboard and one in another cupboard and you'd go to the jar with love wrote on it and you would project and think and really concentrate on all the things you love about life about yourself about people about the world and try and project that towards the, the jar of rice and you go to the jar with hate on it and you'd do the opposite you'd think of negative things and things you'd really dislike about the world and others and stuff like that and speak negatively and harshly to the jar of rice and what many people did find is that the jar which had love put on it um fermented and was sweet and was still able to eat sometimes um after a period of days or weeks but the jars which had negative connotations negative energy projected to it actually in the same period of time went very very dark and toxic looking and um Basically, if you can see this quote on the screen, I can't read it because I've got a bit of a glitch on my screen at the moment. So if you could read it out, Wayne. But the point of me um, pointing this is that many people are probably 
probably stressed out because of what's going on in the world. There's so many seemingly negative and disastrous things going on in the world. And it seems like we're on the cusp of World War Three. So some people may seem helpless and powerless as to what we can do. But um, everything is energy. Everything is connected. And um, what I want to say is, is that by taking simple actions to look after yourself, simple actions to love and nurture yourself and to have compassion for yourself, and then to have compassion for others once you find that, that's how we do change the world rather than going to mass protests. And I've not got nothing against protests, but rather than carrying anger, rage or fear within you and trying to change the world, if you find peace and compassion and love and acceptance inside yourself and you can find that for others, that's how we actually turn the tide of what's going on. So could you read that quote possibly, Wayne? Because I've got a bit of a glitch at the top of my screen. I can't read it all. Yeah, not a problem. So it says, even the smallest stone makes ripples in the vastness of a lake. So too do our smallest acts in the fabric of life. Thank you. So yeah, back to the macabre. And um, some people believe, like I said, it surrounds a human body and it's an energy vehicle. It's a light vehicle um, connecting us to the universe as such. You notice it's made of two tetrahedrons, which are triangles. And that brings us back to the point of how this all started for me. Um, here we've got a book called Co-Evolution by a gentleman called Alec Newold. And if I remember correctly, in 1989, I think it was, this gentleman who lived in New Zealand went missing for 10 days. And he um, claims, and I'm not disputing his claims, but he claims that um, he was taken to a, another dimension by these extraterrestrial civilizations, these beings. Um, I was really drawn to this book because it was the first image I saw of the triangle, which was accurate to what I personally witnessed when I was younger. What's really interesting is on his second edition of the book, or another edition of the book, um, which was published by Nexus magazine, I believe, it actually had a, um, a tetrahedron as the main image and not the image which I saw before. Um, he went to a, basically, this gentleman claims that... Uh, these entities live on a different frequency, close to us in, in close to us in space time or time and space, but on a different dimension, so to speak. And every now and then, the veil gets close between our frequency and density and their density, and they come through to our planet. And he believes, or he presented, that these beings have been contacting humanity for a long time, but have been betrayed by world leaders and had their technology stolen off of them because they was they were trying to do a mutual exchange, apparently where the extraterrestrial beings were giving the government's technology to try and help heal the planet and, 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 and clean up the planet in exchange that one day the extraterrestrials could live down here on Earth with us um, because their density was changing and our density was changing, our frequency, so to speak, because of something going on within the galaxy or universe or whatever, where these beings could actually co-evolve and cohabit with us. But um, he he was told by these beings that um, we were they they were betrayed and their technology and bases were being destroyed. Apparently, they got bases underground, bases underwater, and stuff like that. The governments were working on you know, certain cabal on the planet were trying to um, eliminate them. But one thing they did really say what was interesting to him, which um, I've tried to I've come across, is he's they told him that there is essentially try and imagine energetic vibrationary field of locus. There's something multidimensional energetic. Like a, like a swarm of locusts surrounding Earth. And it feeds off negativity, it feeds off the fear and pain, and that frequency, it feeds off the low frequencies generated through life forms and mainly humans. And he said that once the human beings learn to raise their frequency to love and compassion, that this um, entity will just zip off because it'll have no food stuff left. But he believes, and some people believe, that this entity, this energy, rather than a physical entity, is actually manipulating world leaders, as well as individuals down to a certain level. 
the beings he met were um blue beings i believe and other people have claimed to have seen these things i'm not one of them i can't claim to have seen any beings to be honest with you despite my experience one interesting thing the gentleman did say is that when he first came to after it, before meeting these beings that was on their ship he was floating in a blue stasis chamber of sorts it's like a vibration vibrating blue ceiling blue sky it's blue all around him and he they explained to him that what it is is that we're on a certain density and a certain frequency and for these beings to take us through to their dimension they need to change us from our frequency to their frequency so that's what that blue room was doing another book i'd like to mention is triangular ufos of the night the United Kingdom by Colin Saunders. He had a very interesting experience, but what it's got him to do or what he chose to do after having these experiences rather than go crazy like I did. Um, he wrote and collated lots of UFO accounts and put them together about showing how these triangles are a very common phenomena, believe it or not. And he was on the show, wasn't he, Wayne? Yes, he was. Um, I'm trying to find the exact show, but yeah, we had Colin Sanders on. And unfortunately for that one, uh, we had some issues with the internet playing nice. I don't know if there were solar flares or something going on, but it made uh, his episode a little bit wonky. So, um, but uh, episode 53 uh, was uh, Triangular UFOs of the UK. And I really, it's a really good book. Please try and support the gentleman because he's put a lot of work into collating all these. You know, if you're into the triangle UFO subject, whether it's through interest or you've had a personal experience and you want to see what other experiences are like for people, I really do recommend that book. And he's a really nice gentleman as well, really sincere. Yeah, and he's got some great ideas and speculation as to what these things are, at least how these things appear and move around and things like that. Very, very interesting. Hey, Michelle, before we get too far into this episode, I think we should tell our audience about uh, something we were hooked up with by a company known as Magic Mind. You know, being a teacher takes so much out of you. Um, we drink so much coffee in the morning sometimes and have to keep going with the coffee throughout the day to keep our energy levels up, especially with kids nowadays. And I refuse to do those energy drinks with the, the taurine and all the different chemicals that you don't know anything about. Yeah. Um, drinking the coffee is, you know, not all that great for your stomach either. And so we had a company reach out to us and wanted us to try their product. And I'm going to tell you something. The product was very, very cool. It's called Magic Mind. And this little elixir comes in a little bottle and I would drink one. Well, honestly, I would drink multiple cups of coffee a day, but I would have my one cup of coffee after I started using this stuff. And then I would drink my magic mind. And I'll tell you what, by the afternoon, instead of crashing, I was more focused and had more energy than I had after drinking multiple cups of coffee. This is a, uh, really cool because I don't like coffee the way it upsets my stomach. Well, and like I said, you know, the, um, the ingredients alone were natural. The, the, what is it? The matcha? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. All natural so, ingredients in these little elixir bottles. Very cool. And they, they tasted good to me. So you always look at like 
healthy stuff as in like a, a liquid form. You're like, oh, this is going to taste horrible. Yep. And, and I actually enjoyed the taste of it. Yeah. So I, I have to agree. And I want to recommend this stuff to our listeners out there who are drinking lots of coffee, trying to stay on that edge of being focused and using caffeine to do it you may want to try magic mind and see if this stuff actually works for you it worked for me quite a bit michelle i think it worked for you as well did it not it did i didn't get the what i call the couch slump where i just wanted to sit on the couch all day so i actually felt productive you know drinking yeah i i totally agree and what's really cool about this company is they're actually being kind of a sponsor for the show now. And so um, what they've done is put out a special promotion until the end of January. So check this out, everybody. If you buy Magic Mind and sign up for their their uh, subscription, you'll get one month free plus a little bit of extra money off. So here's what you need to do. Go to www.magicmind.com forward slash J-A-N pit chat, P-I-T-C-H-T. And with the code pit chat 20, that's P-I-T-C-H-A-T, the number two and the number zero. It gets you an extra 20% off, which gets you down around 75%. Now, this only lasts until the end of January, so you want to hurry up before the offer goes away. Yes, and our code, our PitChat20 code, only is good for about 10 more days. So make sure you get there and sign up if you want to give it a shot. Well, it looks like the code will be valid forever as a 20% off for both one-time purchases. But to get that month free, that's where you have only until the end of January. Yep, that's correct. So, all right, everybody, thank you. Check check out our sponsor and see if it's right for you. I know for Michelle and I, it worked pretty well and it cut down our coffee drinking quite a bit. And uh, we think you would enjoy it. And Magic Mind keeps me away from doing any of those energy drinks. Absolutely. Traveling near New Boston, Michigan? Hungry? Well then, you need to check out New Boston Coney and Grill tucked away at 37005 Huron River Drive. With daily specials, homemade soups and desserts, and a staff that makes you feel like family, you will not be disappointed. Give them a try for dine-in or carry-out at 734-606-5313. You can find their page, including their menu, on Facebook. Bon Appetit! a lot of people as well you always hear it don't you it's a tr3b it's a government aircraft and i'm not saying some of these aren't i'm not saying some of these things aren't but some of them aren't I, some of them are, are not just the government and when i say the government i don't mean um the government in terms of uh our prime ministers and presidents but like the secret cabal the organizational military co- complex was controlling things i don't believe it's just a black military operation i believe there's something extra going on with this phenomena personally yeah, we can we can get into that a little bit after your presentation. Okay. Yeah. Cool. 
So briefly going to gloss over my experience. My voice will probably speed up 2,000 RPM because it always makes me nervous talking about it. So I'm just going to gloss over it. Please listen to the previous podcast and some of these images will be able to help you recognise what I tried to, I'm trying to present what I saw back then. But I was walking home one night and um, I started getting a strange vibration to the left of my head and I hit, could hear a weird, weird buzzing noise. And I saw this lattice, what I've tried to picture here, appearing to the left of my head. When I turned to see where it was coming from, it was like it was hovering always to the left of my head. I couldn't pinpoint it. Um, I saw a ball of light hovering in the sky extremely high up. And I was trying to tell myself, even though I had this instant knowing that I was in trouble from my navel apart as well, which is interesting. My stomach went to butterflies. I knew I was in trouble. Um, but anyway, I was looking up at this object saying, no, this can't be happening. This can't be happening. And it did happen. It wasn't a plane or a star because it dropped out the sky so fast that if I blinked, I would have missed it. And where it dropped down, I don't know, I'm sure you have, like, for bonfire night, you've waved sparklers around, or celebrations, you've waved sparklers around those things you have at um, events, and it leaves the streak behind of light. This object went from point A to point B, from really high up in the sky to really low above the rooftops of the houses in a nanosecond. And it left a streak of light behind it. It was so surreal because the streak of light had to catch up with the object. It's like an etch-a-sketch going through the sky. It was ridiculous. Um, so that's another point where I started freaking out. Once I finally got to my house, I was greeted by this object um, hovering, waiting for me above my house. And um, it was a large ball of golden amber light. Um, I don't, I'm really terrible with distant sizes, but it, it was not huge, but probably the size of a couple of cars side by side or back to back. Um, and if you span them around on a circle, like, you know, pivot point, making a sphere out of them, there's a sphere of extremely bright light. But what was even weirder is that the lights would um, shine off in different directions. It had all these shards of light shooting off of it. But it's like there's a cloak around them because the, the light wasn't emanating as far as it should do. It was like cloaking and prematurely stopping. And there was a um, point of light missing from the top and a point of light missing from the bottom of this, um, this um, object, which I've tried to depict in the drawing. One of the points which I really wish I could feel it again is... I was freaking out seeing the sphere of light, and then I next thing I knew, I came was I was I was this image to the best of my depiction. It doesn't do it any justice. But I just witnessed hundreds and hundreds of like lines of light, like silver threads, golden threads, glowing threads of light blowing like gently in a breeze. And each of these threads had like diamonds on them. And every now and then these diamonds would clang into each other on from different threads. And when they would, a beautiful, beautiful euphoric experience would shoot off, energy would shoot off from these um, golden threads. And it's the most beautiful feeling I've ever experienced in my, experience in my life. And the only time I've come across it in a, in a minuscule scale, it was nowhere near as strong intensity, but it was still this beautiful feeling. I was at a protest um, during the first Gulf, uh, or the second Gulf War, should I say, when we went to um, Bomb Iraq. I was at a protest in London where there's a million people marching through London and we're in this really long street and um, you could, as far as you could see to the, behind you and in front of you were people, just people packed out all for common cause of peace and love and not war, basically. And um, there was a Mexican wave and you could just you know, turn around and you could just hear people roaring in the background and seeing them waving their signs and waving their arms. And this wave was rushing through the crowd. And when it got to us, we all started waving our hands and blowing a trumpet. And that's when I got a little glimpse of that energy again. It's like I was stood there and like, wow, I felt this before, but I felt it like a hundred times stronger. So yeah, it was a really beautiful sensation, but this beautiful sensation actually left me 
it was like it's being pulled out of my body and i can remember the first conscious memory i have of not being these waves of light and to be a human being again was i was stood on my tiptoes begging like a child begging something not to leave me um, i'm not going on to what happened directly after that because it's too triggering but i did um get to a point where I looked up and I thought there's a black I, I thought please listen to the previous podcast please do so but there's a black hole cut in the sky what I mean by that is that it was this is 1997 I know we have the material now called Vanta Black which is a paint which actually absorbs light but we didn't have it to my knowledge back in 1997 it may have had it in secret you have you know secret cabals laboratories but point being there's an extremely black triangular object above my head but my first rational experience experience was there's a black hole in the sky i realized there was a black hole in the sky when um on each corner in the shape of a boomerang or arrowhead um red lights came on and then um i'm not going about that image because it's a bit distressing but yeah if please listen to the previous podcast this image depicts um another part of the podcast from last time the experience when i was in my bedroom and um i was seeing things merging around me in the room so i'd close my eyes and i would go into a trance and see a point of light moving around getting closer and closer to me as it went into my left eye surrounded by numerous points of light moving in different um directions so there's a little tiny recap of some of the experiences i had with my ufo experience but another experience i had which i want to mention which sort of started putting the pieces together was years after the ufo experience and i was what the doctors call extremely unwell and um i was under psychic assault i was under severe stress from something or whatever it was whether it's be spirits or whether it be mind control or whether it be just mental illness if you want to believe that reality tunnel but i was under extreme stress and i was asking one of the nicer voices why am i going through this what happened to me and it showed me an image of a taurus keep in mind this is before i had the internet before i really knew what a taurus was um, because you don't really get that sort of um, information out of the daily newspapers. But anyway, moving on, um, it showed my Taurus field, and it said to me that something in the triangle was scared of me. It actually saw me as a threat, and rather than, um, or something saw me as a threat, and it showed the image of the triangle, and it showed my my um, Taurus field shrinking as in accordance to the fear. My energy field shrunk, and when it shrunk, something attached, like this energy form attached to the left of my head, to the left of my neck, and started wrapping around me. Um, don't ask me what any of this means, but basically I was told that um, something attached itself to me because something saw me as a threat and it's better to keep me alive in limbo damage than to be dead and set free, which showed this energy leave me when they showed me a like, hallucination of me dying. It's better to be kept alive and ill than to be free and dead, and my energy free or our, the universal energy free or for me to actually be healthy and to actually have my Taurus field activated. And it also showed me an image of other people with their Taurus fields resonating. It showed all these Taurus fields glowing across the planet. And then when they glow glowed across the planet, the light was, the planet was like engulfed in light. Again, you know, make of it what you will, but that's what I was showing probably when I was around 23. Another experience I had, I was having a bath and I was probably about 24, 25. And I had a full-blown sort of like spasm and seizure in the bath. And then I was in a, black void a permanent like as far as you could see it was a black void but amongst this black void was a point of golden light and i could tell this golden light was moving because i could feel its vibration i could sense it but you couldn't see it moving because of the black void so what happened then this point of light split into two points of light and they started flying around each other like they're butterflies and they're doing geometric left right turns and 
darting around each other, then flying around more curved, like like butterflies. And that's the principles of geometry: the straight lines masculine, the curvaceous lines feminine. And I didn't know that back then. I didn't know anything about cyclic geometry, but I'm just telling you what I was observing. And um, they kept splitting and getting closer and further away from each other, testing each other's distance, showing how distance works and showing how vibration works. Because the closer they get to each other, the vibration would be stronger. The further they'd get away from each other, the vibration would be weaker. And they'd be setting these geometric patterns up as they're dancing around. And they created like a diamond, or if you'd like two um, pyramids, one pointing up, one pointing down, um, in shape. And another sphere would appear in the middle of this, and it would float around amongst them inside like just i don't know what it was doing but it was doing it and the vibration was getting stronger every time it got nearer to another sphere and getting quieter as it got away from another sphere and this um this um structure would grow in size and distance showing that the um sphere in the middle was getting lost and in in space so to speak so i have to find another sphere i can't really make sense of it but it was a beautiful feeling nonetheless when these points of light got close to one another but then all these points of light joined back together and then they exploded into just millions if not trillions of points of light in every direction and then each of those points of light exploded then each of those points of light exploded then each of those points of light exploded and i basically saw just clusters of lights and energy spinning around each other and it was showing the formulation of like atoms and energy and gases and i was just watching this thing in awe literally feeling everything and it was showing the birth of the universe is what i understand and moving on it shown like it was showing like a comet going through space and that that comet was made of um, atoms and molecules, and each atom and molecule was made up of these little dots of energy, and these dots of energy like consciousness. And so that the, the even it sounds ridiculous that the, the the comet itself had its own vibration, it had its own consciousness, so to speak, because it's hurting through the void of space. And when this comet crashed into the planet, the, it was like a vibrationary experience for the universe, because the universe is experiencing what it's like to be an atom, the universe is experiencing what it's like to be ice, the universe is experiencing what it's like to be rock, the universe is experiencing what it's like to be a spherical planet, the universe is experiencing what it's like to have a ice rock crash into a big planet. It's, it's like the universe is actually gathering data on all these multitudinal experiences. Um, and then it showed life forming on the planet, and you'd see the divine spark, which I saw at the beginning of my... Um, quote-unquote hallucination or seizure if you want to call it that and it was showing fish swimming around as a school and i was feeling every single movement they were making as a the, the universe was tracking the experience of the fish swimming through the water gathering data um it's shown different life forms on the planet with different levels of this consciousness or this energy within them and when it finally got to humans we were just bioluminescent we were just glowing with this energy and this is years before i knew anything about macabres or energy fields or stuff like that so um yeah there's that now here's a little thing that not too many people know but i wish it, i think it's worth mentioning it's before my experience in my early teens and mid-teens i used to get terrible night terrors i used to get night terrors throughout my life actually i've had some experiences throughout my life which have been pretty peculiar nonetheless i used to listen to music and sometimes when i go to go to sleep would fall into trances and i'll just see beautiful geometric patterns and lights and stuff like that and not knowing what it was but i just go with the go with the flow essentially and one thing would always say to me once i get into a certain level of depth for this trance the voice would say to me breathe breathe and it would teach me just to focus on my breath to breathe in light and to let it go to breathe in light and let it go whilst all these geometric patterns are getting faster and faster and faster and i'd get so fast that it'd be still, if that makes any sense. There'd be such a frequency and such a speed to all these things moving, it'd get to a still point. Then it felt like I was traveling. And when I would get through from traveling, I would get through to this blue landscape, which is a completely blue floor, 
completely blue sky for as far as the eye can see. And in this place was a man made of pure silver. And it's like an androgynous man. He didn't have, you know, he's androgynous, but he's made of pure silver. And um, I used to have, like I said, terrible night terrors before meeting this dude, whether it was my imagination or not, make of it what you will. But before meeting him, I used to have terrible night terrors and I wasn't too confident in real life as well, neither. Um, but he taught me how to breathe and be with essentially what I understand now is energy. But if you can see in the image, it shows him tracking energy from the earth up into his body. And it was he was emitting it from his hands. And he was showing me how to do that. I must be honest, he didn't show any energy coming down from the heavens as such, but it was definitely, he would show the energy of the earth coming up through the floor, going up in his body and coming up from his hands. He, he'd teach me how to use it myself. And he then, interestingly, this is like, I'm probably about 14 at the time, and I didn't know nothing about David Icke's theory on reptilian extraterrestrials and stuff, but he actually was, he'd teach me how to control it by fighting um, reptilian beings, which are grey and black, but they're biological beings, but they're also um, mechanical as well, like transhumanist. And um, he would fight one, but it was always about not being aggressive, not being brute force, not being egotistical, but being in this calm state, this peaceful state, being with this energy and allowing the energy to do the work through you. And once I got the principles of dealing with one, he'd deal with two, he'd deal with three, until he's like zipping around the place, flying around like something out of the soon-to-be-released Matrix. But um, it, 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 the whole point of it was to be calm, to be in this place of serenity, not aggression and fighting. As soon as you start fighting with aggression and that, you've lost the battle. So that's what he was trying to get across to me. And I used that principles I'd learned in this place to actually give myself confidence. It gave me confidence in my dreams. I could actually lucid dream. Um, it was it was, it was, was a gift, to be honest with you. Whatever it was, it was a gift. But I lost that gift after my UFO experience. Because like I said, I went from being someone who could have these experiences to somebody too scared to close his eyes. Now, after my experience with the UFO, I started um, having all manner of hallucinations and experiences which were really negative and scary out-of-body experiences, red energy wrapping around me and pulling me out of my body. But sometimes I would see these things around my room and keeping it short because I'm not sure how we're looking for time. I started to hallucinate a tiger. I used to see a tiger walking around a room and it's like something was protecting this tiger was protecting me basically i didn't know what it was didn't know what it meant it was very psychedelic and energetic in appearance but i would see this tiger walk around pacing in my room and sometimes i'd wake up when i was having that body experience attack or something would make me jump and the tiger would just be sat there waiting at the end of the bed facing away from me and on other other times later on once i sort of like got used to focus on this tiger i think what something was trying to do was to get me to use my mind again to concentrate again because my mind was you gotta understand i was in pieces and this tiger helped me get some semblance of sort of control. Even if it was just a hallucinatory tiger, it was still something I could control in my mind. Once I started getting comfortable with that image, a silver dragon appeared to me. I'd wake up and its head would just be hanging over my bed and its wings would be wrapped around me. And like I said, I didn't know what was going on, but it was soothing, it was calming. And if any of you understand how the fight or flight system works within the human physiology, mine was constantly shot to pieces. So I don't care if it's a tiger or a dragon. If it's making me feel relaxed, I'll take it. So, and so I did. And I didn't recognize the significance of it until much later on in life. So taking a diversion, shortly after the UFO experience, like I said, I was living in what felt like a hologram. I didn't know what was real and what wasn't real. And on one experience, this voice come through to me with these images. And, and, and keep in mind, we were talking about geometry earlier. And I knew none of this stuff earlier. But basically, you've got a circle, the symbol of the starting point of all creation. I saw it late years later. It's in sacred geometry. But the circle, it has no beginning. It has no end. Now, as we understand it, um, early God worship, God worship, worshipping of gods is as old as humanity as we understand it, to, you know, through the Orthodox books, is as old as mankind. We've been worshipping various gods for, for a very long time. 
But um, we've had God worship, and many, 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 many years later, we had mathematics, and many years after that, we had the fundamentals of science, and many years after that, we had the English language. So what I'm trying to say is that God worship, mathematics, science, and the English language all formed at different points in human history. Keep in mind, this was being spoke to me by a disconnect, you know, by a voice, by a hallucination when I was 18. Now you take a um, symbol of the circle, it has no beginning, it has no end, a symbol of God, symbol of creation, right? Now God is an English word and it's, um, it, it, God is supposed to be good as we understand it, a good is a positive thing. Now the positive term in science is the plus symbol. The plus symbol is also used in mathematics as the addition symbol, so you've got English language, mathematics and science, all coming from the word good or God, the symbol of God. But if you add a symbol of God, the circle, to the word God, you get good. But we understand that the English language, mathematics and science and God worship have all started at separate periods of our history. Again, you take the symbol of God, the circle, you split it in half, light, dark, day, night, good, evil, okay? Now you take away the negative image, the dark side from this symbol, and you're left with half a circle, half of goodness. Yeah, this symbol here, a semicircle. And devil is supposed to be an evil thing, you know, negativity, which we've taken away from this image and left it with the goods. We've taken away the negativity and we've left ourselves with the positivity, the positive half. But negativity is in term in science, isn't it? It's negative. And also, it is subtraction in mathematics, this symbol. If you take away the positive from the devil, you're left with evil. Now, I'm not saying I'm Christian. All I'm saying is what I was told. I don't know what's going on. I still don't understand this to this day, but what I do understand it is that it means that it either means that somebody's been controlling our history for this to happen, or that um, things are cyclical. Again, if you look at the word circle and the half circle, you've got the letters OD. Um, OD, if you look at a dictionary, means overdose. But if you look in the English language dictionary, OD, I believe, is also this, uh, a word attributed to an ancient system or belief of magnetism and energy. And I think it's interesting that we're going back to the magnetic fields and torus fields and all this stuff again. And yeah, so there's that. I'm going to slow down a bit because it's probably a bit mind-bending. So, yeah, my experience, after my UFO experience, I couldn't dis differentiate between physical reality um, dream reality. It was so difficult. I, my, my, my whole nervous system and perceptions were out of place. Um, but one thing I did used to have was, like I told you, the, the light which went into my left eye after, during my UFO experience would manifest in visions and experiences as a red sphere. I would see a red circle, a red sphere of energy in my left eye behind it. Um, it was surrounded by um, white and blue. And I could I would see it some nights I'd just be led in bed and all I could see was this sphere and I was like sort of like, I don't know, energy surrounding it. It was really hard to explain. One time I had a dream I was being chased. This is like probably 1997, 1998. I was having a dream I was being chased by um, like sort of like futuristic sort of like SWAT police. We don't have them in England, I don't think. Not or They were futuristic ones anyway. I was being chased with this girl through a building. And then I got to a car park in this dream. 
and there was uh the girl had gone but i can remember seeing these two cars parked next to the car park and next to the car park was a roof of a house and it had a tornado there's a tornado on the top of this um house and for some reason the, i was having to duck because the tornado was firing tiles of the roof at me you know i've looked in the dream analysis and all that but i couldn't make head nor tail of it what it means to this day but i was having to duck these, from these roof tiles and when in the dream i run away from this house and these roof tiles I um, got to a point where I was in this town and there's a giant, huge, stupid, like Beastie Boys robot marching in the background in the in really big robot, huge one. And it was smashing a bridge down. And then I was stood looking away from this. And there were demons flying in. So keep in mind, if you listen to previous podcasts, I wasn't religious in any shape or form. But uh, I'd lost the plot after this experience. Oh, and I, I forgot to mention that um, the demons were flying around. And as they got closer and closer to the ground, they turned into cars and parked up in a car park. And next to this car park was a big brown building. And I had that dream a couple of times. Um, and anyway, I was thinking to myself, I'm not going to, at a later date, I'm not going to allow this to this experience to damage me anymore. I'm going to try and get back on my feet. So I went for a job opportunity to look at a job opportunity in a nearby town a bit later. And I got to this town. And please keep in mind that I couldn't tell what was real or not. I'm trying to walk through a street whilst I was just like trying to focus on my breath and just not be triggered by anything. And I get to this church in this old, in this town. And I was like, no, I don't want to look at this church because it just made me think of the voices and the things I was hearing as experience, is it demons, is it angels? And on the side of the, on the sign of the church was a symbol extremely similar to this, which if you can look on the screen, it's a triangle with like a point of light in the middle saying God and with father, son and spirit in triangles on the corners, which just instantly, blew my mind because it was like oh my god there's the ufo oh my god it says it's got it's on a church what is going on i just lost the plot so i run away from this um i run away from this church because it was just freaking me out i stopped to get i only stopped to get my breath and also i was quite conscious of the fact that you got a six foot one man running through town you know i, I looked a bit i felt very insecure and like i was causing a scene and I stopped to catch my breath. And as I looked up, there was the roof, the house with the roof, what had the tiles being blown off of it in my dream next to these two cars. And I was like, what is going on? So I'm, my fight or flight responses just started flaring up again. I didn't know if I was in the Matrix in a dream. I mean, this is before the film The Matrix came out, but I just didn't know what was real or not. I was losing it. So I carried on running again because I was just panicking so much. I got to a point of town where it's quite busy, there are people walking around, and I recognized it from the dream. That's where I saw the giant robot. So naturally, I look up, and obviously, there's no giant robot. But what there and there were no demons flying in the air, but what there was was the parked cars where the demons did land into the car park. And um, there was a brown building. So I'm thinking, I had this great wave of calmness come over me, and I'll take it. You know, if when you're in, if any of you've had panic attacks or fight, or, you know, your fight or flight response has gone through the roof, you know, this is why so many people turn to drugs and that because they're caught up within stress and stuff and they need something to pacify them. I wasn't doing that, but I was stood in this town and I had this great wave of calmness come over me, and there was the brown building. And I, I laugh at this now, but I literally thought that this was a sign, and I thought I expected to walk up to that that door. Of that building there's gonna be a dude in white robes or something because the whole experience was so weird i just thought it's gonna get weirder but it's gonna be someone who's gonna say welcome we're here to help you and you finally made it <laughs> <laughs> i can laugh now but you know what i mean it's like so i walk up to this building and i go to the door and it's locked and i look up at the sign and on the sign it says angel leisure bingo hall jesus yeah literally <laughs> 
So anyway, I go home after that, like not knowing what to make of it. And this is going back like 1997, 1998. We didn't have the internet or I didn't have the internet back then. So to get books, I had a thing called World Books. It was a magazine that would come around periodically and you could buy books from it. And two days after that experience, World Books comes and this is the book on the front cover of that book magazine. <laughs> Ask your, your angels. Yeah, a practical guide to working with angels and stuff like that. So I bought that book. In, like without even thinking, you know, just had to, you know, I just saw I've had that weird experience and it's all pointing towards angels. So I started using it and it taught me about chakras and energy a bit and meditation. And that was the start of the, my, the start of my healing journey. Now, ironically, as I was still bumping through life and trying to make sense of what was going on, the same magazine publication years later had this book in it and I was blown away. It's called, I haven't read it to this day because I only bought it because the simple fact that it had the red sphere on it, surrounded by white and blue, and that's what I would see behind my left eye. I had numerous people telling me I was schizophrenic. I had numerous people saying I was psychic. I had numerous people telling me I had sensitive powers. Well, whatever was going on, I didn't truly know. But that was really scary or freaky to see that red sphere on the front cover of that um, book, so I bought it. Now, Mr. X, just so people understand, they they did diagnose you as being schizophrenic right mm -hmm. after this mm -hmm. yeah i yeah, wonder probably. how many people that happens to i wonder how many people it happens to and for whatever reason they have a really bad experience of drugs like i, I don't want to talk about it too much it's quite personal but yeah. i do know people yep. who did see the triangle and it, it hurt it, it affected them in such a way let's just say that their life took a certain course and sadly those people aren't with us anymore so I'm very fortunate. Um, so yeah, uh, back to the silver man. Like I said, he was teaching me principles of what I understood later in life as Qigong and Tai Chi and stuff like that, energy coursing through reality in the body. But I didn't understand that as a kid. And synchronicity had have it that remember, if you can remember, I used to witness a tiger and a dragon around me, hallucinogenic tiger and a dragon protecting me from negative energy and experiences and to calm my fight or flight responses. But I did not understand the significance or why I was seeing a tiger or a dragon. I mean, I was obsessed with both of them once I was seeing them. I was drawing them all the time. And But anyway, I didn't understand the significance of it. And um, it wasn't until I started understanding about the yin-yang and Taoism, and then I, this book came my way called Tiger and Dragon Medical Qigong. And it came by for another course of synchronicities, but I found out apparently that the tiger is one half of the yin-yang and the dragon is the other half of the yin-yang and they're in constant harmony by basically fighting with each other or dancing with each other if you'd like to choose. But this book, Tiger and Dragon Medical Qigong, again, I had to get that because it's like, whoa, this is trippy. But it actually was the start of my healing process of integrating what the um, silver man used to show me, but in physical 3D reality and like how to heal my body and mind and energetic system. So basically I've learned that energy and everything is so, the whole universe is mathematical, the whole universe is geometric, the whole universe is energetic. You know, we are not just apes. We are not just monkey men walking around. We're not just meat vessels. There's an energy dynamic to reality and to our being. And I think something or someone's wants us to forget that. Um, we are essentially light beings in physical form. We are the universe experiencing itself in a myriad of different ways, and something wants us to forget that. So, yeah, back to the end. My point, are some of these spheres of light we see in the UFO stories, are they actually ascended beings or even human beings which have ascended and um, are in their light being, in their macabre field, spinning around? Are some of these um, UFOs we see actually spinning vortexes of macabre energy? 
and did go back for antiquity you may have heard jack valley's um uh, understanding of the ufo field but moving on from that you look at the ancient biblical stories and they speak of spinning you know cylinders of light and glowing orbs of light where these again light beings uh ascended masters um in their um and i don't mean ascended masters like some of the cheesy stuff you may see like on tarot cards and some of the other people speak about but are there generally energetic beings out there which are um of a high frequency or trying to guide and steer human mankind If you want to learn more about some of the heart magnetic stuff in the Taurus field, please check out HeartMath uh, Institute. If you want to learn more about the sacred geometry principles, please check out Jane 108 Academy. And also Spirit Science is a good free YouTube channel, but they also have a subscription service um, on their website, which is they do really great introductions to the subject matter of sacred geometry and creation. And I also have a website. Um, it's not very good or not very interactive, but it's got some of my experiences on there written out if you want to read them at a later date. If you put in that, if you can check it out and put it in, you'll also find my YouTube channel, which I don't update recent, that often, but it's got some stuff on there from poetry to some of my experiences. And yeah, yeah. so just real quick that you put that up because uh, at the start of the show, Rick Davis, who's had some experiences and says that he has suffered with episodes of anxiety since his last interaction. He has some interactions with these things at some point, but he okay. did ask if you had a channel and I believe this is your channel. It is indeed. I, I, I don't pay much attention to it, but if I, if, if I will start tracking it now, we've done the podcast. So I haven't advertised this channel. I will. I've got the comments on. If you want to send a comment, or I, I don't know if you can send direct messages via YouTube. Um, but if you send a comment, the comment won't go public. It'll be I can read it, and then I can like make it public. But I can communicate with anyone through there. Yeah, it's a schizo. So people that are listening, it's a schizo's guide to the galaxy dot com. <laughs> I so, laugh every time I hear that. <laughs> yeah, I mean it. <laughs> Oh man, that, that is incredible because I remember back when you first came on with Guy Merritt and told mm. your story mm. and how, uh, and, and just how traumatic it was, but mm -hmm. all of the things that were starting to open up to you. And, and now it seems like that more has opened up to you, which is really quite amazing. Um, this, this stuff has been going on all throughout my life, but what it is is like I'm starting to learn the lessons from it. I'm starting to apply it. Unfortunately, I'm very blessed that synchronicity is guiding me still to this day. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it, it's just some really good stuff. And when we start putting these things together with the synchronicities and everything, um, it, all I will it, say is yeah. when you get synchronicity, the first thing to do is to breathe. When you get a synchronicity, the first thing to do is to ground yourself and simply let it go. Don't think about, as soon as you go to the mind, as soon as you start engaging the mind, you've lost the battle. Don't start thinking, oh, this is that, this is that, I should do this, I should do that. You've got to come to your center, you've got to come to your breath, you've got to come to your being and just go with the flow and see what transpires. It's not, I, I've made the mistake of thinking synchronicities are signs and just um, then following those signs and I've had more synchronicities, but um, it's not actually being positive. Just go with the flow. Find your center. Find your peace. Find your stillness. Yeah. Well, Rick comes on and says people will not understand it, but he is telling the entire biblical story. We are the beings that fly these craft. They uh, 
they all must come through also. So Rick has had some really in, in if you get a chance to see his sigil that he uses for his profile picture, mm-hmm. um, that was a, a a symbol that was given to him or that he saw or that his experience related to him. So maybe he can reach out to you and you guys Certainly. can Certainly. Uh, share notes about the experiences because some of the stuff that he has said on here in mm-hmm. chat kind of matches up with that. So we're at an hour and 19 minutes now. This has been a great presentation. One of the things I have to ask you, Mm -hmm. and I kind of hinted to it with the previous interview we did last week. Mm -hmm. Um, With your understanding now, and you're looking at these vortexes of energy coming from people Mm -hmm. and the chakras and this it's it's all related to energy and have we officially been hacked is our consciousness hacked has the the evil and and i don't want to say like corporations but it just seems like marketing social media all of these things have figured out the code to hack humans to get us to do what they want us to do or what they want us to believe. So what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are, in a nutshell, is that everything is energy, like we discussed. Everything comes from a seed form of energy. Everything comes from a seed form of consciousness, and it's just expanded and expanded and expanded. And it's basically the universe, consciousness, God, source, call it what you will, is just experiencing itself in a myriad of different ways. It doesn't have what's right. It doesn't have what's wrong. It's just got experience. And there's an infinitesimal amount of experiences what can be had in that field. And there's numerous different beings possibly and numerous different life forms and numerous different dimensions. But it's believed that there is something hijacking humanity. There's an energy form. You know, it's not like, I don't mean to be rude to people, but it's not like a God who decides what happens, what doesn't happen. It's an energy form, which is expanding experiencing. But there is a energy form surrounding this planet, and it's believed to be hijacking humanity through, I don't want to use a term, but I'm going to use the term possessing people. It's weakening their energy fields. It's weakening, life, life even trauma, natural trauma can weaken your um, energy field. And then people can get possessed or attached by this negative parasite. And it can appear to you as a demon. It can appear to you as an alien. It can appear to you as a whatever your cultural appropriate, you know, whatever your cultural blends is, it can appear to you as what incites fear in you. Um, I think humanity has been hijacked. And I think that some of these people who are hijacked by these entities don't even know it themselves. They're so integrated with it that they don't, it's part of their personality now. They're not even aware. But I think some people are oblivious that they're hijacked by these things or this thing, because it was we all are one thing anyway, and that it's controlling world leaders and lots of people in powerful institutions to generate fear and negativity on the planet. But what I want to say, we have to let go of this us versus them mentality, okay? If we think that it's us versus them, we're falling into the very trap of feeding this negative energy paradigm, feeding this entity. That's what it wants, is division. We all need to have compassion for ourselves, forgiveness for ourselves, love for ourselves, but more importantly, those are enemies, and those we don't, 
like the negative ones because if we go and start lopping off heads again, like we did in the French Revolution, it's just it's like Animal Farm. More pigs will rise to the top. More parasites will get into people. If we can emit love and generosity and compassion and gratitude as individuals and learn to do it as a society, that's how you learn to get rid of this entity or see through the Matrix. I could talk about the Matrix for ages. We ain't got the time, but yeah, the Matrix have hidden messages in that as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Awesome. Yep. Well said. I couldn't agree more. There is something I want to show everybody. So people... Again, listening to the podcast, you got to get over to YouTube so you can see the visuals here. But what I'm showing is the silica mineral atomic structure. And silica makes up quartz. Ah, very important substance. And quartz is based on a tetrahedron atomic structure model. Wow. So, and guess what the most, what the numerous or the, the most numerous mineral on planet earth is quartz. Quartz. Yeah. We're on a, we're on a giant, we're on a giant quartz crystal flying in through space going around a star at about 67,000 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. And quartz <laughs> is so vital in the very fact that we're having this conversation. It's vital in electronics. It's got such such yes. properties to it. It's such a vital substance. Yeah. And this is from, as you can see, open geology up here. You know, the this is how the molecules of oxygen. So in the center of the tetrahedron is the... Uh, silica and then it is surrounded at four points with oxygen so it's SiO4 is the chemical formula that is quartz and that is a tetrahedron which is one part of the Merkaba yeah yeah fascinating yep so there you know and once again the platonic solids were thought up of by Plato, okay, in, in, in or rediscovered by him, or re right, re envisioned, rediscovered. I, I forgot when Plato was around. Was it 150 BC somewhere in there? 80 BC? I think I think, uh, I think you're. I think it's around that time. It's definitely BC. Yeah. Okay. So no computers, no nothing. Yet here we are in modern day geology, and the way that we talk about different minerals and how the atomic structure is set up is based on the plutonic solids. Yeah. It's sacred geometry. It's geometry the, the creation of reality. It's just, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And one person I wish I could get on here. I talked to him down at the cosmic summit last year and he said he was going to come on the podcast, but he's been doing all of these gigantic podcasts, you know, nothing mm-hmm. like ours, is Randall Carlson, who is oh, a, wow. yeah. a high-level mason, but he's been teaching and doing sacred geometry stuff for his basically his whole life. Mm. And I want to get him on here to speak to this stuff because sacred geometry the mineralogy all of this stuff is this is the keys i think to the universe understanding this yep yeah understanding these 
these fundamental workings all the way to why there's 12 hours on a clock? Why are there 12 constellations? Why is there all of these? Creation is numeric. Creation is numeric. Absolutely. Everything is numeric, numeric, but we are experiential beings. The trap is not to get caught up in the mind too much. The mind is a tool. The mind makes a great um, servant, but a terrible master. (laughs) Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, and we're easily controlled. The heart should be the master. And that may yeah. sound corny to some, but look into um look into it if you can. Generate the energy field of the heart, the compassion, love, and forgiveness for yourself and others, and then start using the mind once you've got that energy within you, that perception within you. Because the trouble is the mind is so prone to traps and deceit and um 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 ego as well, and just you know, delusion, but the heart sees clearly, the heart feels clearly, you know, just think of times in your life where you've been with a loved one you've seen a beautiful sunset you've had a seen a beautiful work of art that doesn't hit your mind that hits your emotional field that hits your heart energy do you know what i mean sometimes it takes you in awe where you forget your mind yeah yeah i i couldn't agree more all right everybody um we gotta get stuff ready for the audio podcast now we got to get this out and we got to be up in a few hours to go to work. So since we started doing these later shows on Sunday, it, it's a challenge, but we're going to start wrapping this up. So Mr. X, before we leave, any last minute things that you want to uh, impart on the audience? Um, thank you for listening. If you listened all this time, I appreciate it. I know I um, talk a bit fast, so I try to slow it down. I hope you could understand me. It's just a lot of information and a lot of um, trauma attached to discovering it as well. So I hope I've done okay. Um, yeah, I, I'm i not any particular religion. Um, I believe that the universe is a conscious entity in itself. It's or a simulation, call it what you want. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. What matters is how you treat yourself and how you treat others. And that should be with love and compassion, acceptance and forgiveness. We're all trying to make our way through this so-called reality, whatever it may be. Just be a bit more gentle with yourselves. Yeah, I I couldn't agree. This has been, uh, I really hope that your experience, even as traumatic as it was, but your presentation and your talking about this actually helps people, again, uh, see this stuff, awaken them to, I think, what is real humanity and yeah. getting back to what humanity was meant to be. Yep. And a very deep understanding and not so much this materialistic world we live in, but not so much in my opinion, what we're meant to be, because I don't believe the universe plans things, but to our potential to be our Okay. Good point. I can agree with that. I don't believe the universe thought I'm going to make humans. I mean, I don't think it done that. I think it just constantly made a myriad of instant. Yeah. Cause I still believe in science, but not scientism. I still believe in certain processes, but not dogmatically. My point being, though, is that we've got massive potential, but that potential comes from being with the universe, being in our hearts, being in our peace. And that's the hardest thing to find for so many people, including myself. Yep, I agree. It's it's the challenge, man. All right, Mr. X, I want to thank you for coming on and doing this presentation and the talk that you gave. It's incredible. And we want to thank you for coming on. So thanks very much. And thank you for listening, guys. Take care, everyone. All right. Have a great night. All right, Michelle. Woo. I knew this was going to be great. I was going to say manning the chat and manning the game. (laughs) Yeah. 
yeah you're spread a little thin you're taking care of a lot of things right now so but all right everybody this has been an awesome night mr x never lets us down when we have a conversation with him and i just take it you're probably gonna have to listen to this a few times i'm just gonna put it out there you're gonna have to listen to this a few times and i think this may be the trigger for some of you to wake up and see the potential that's out there for you. And I hope to get some more guests on here to have these conversations. So, all right, Michelle, with that being said, have a great night, everyone. Have a great night, everybody. And remember, keep those eyes to that.